Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to episode 127, coming at you on Fat Tuesday. <laughs> who doesn't love to celebrate Fat Tuesday with a king cake? Um, P.S. We we had a neighbor dinner the other night, um, and I made gumbo, and um, she brought a king cake, and my children were terrified to swallow the baby, and I was like, "You guys, it's not that small. Like, you're gonna see it." And they're like, "What if we joke?" Like, so the baby is not as fun as I thought it would be. I guess is the <laughs> point of that story. Um, <laughs> and if anyone's bored, go to Publix and ask for their babies. They keep them behind the bakery counter, and they're terrifying. They're like really big. And the, mm-hmm. they're not lined up, like their eyes and stuff aren't lined up where they're supposed to be. And they're really scary looking. So if you want to freak anyone out, ask I've never, king I've never seen a baby out of a king cake that wasn't creepy looking. Maybe it's because I've yeah. only had Publix king cakes. Well, no, they don't even put them in there anymore because of the choking. You have to ask for the, the baby. Oh, and you I do? Asked, yeah. And a couple of years ago, I asked for it and they were like, they got it. And it, I swear it was probably like four inches long, which is like impossible to hide. And I, king cake that's not that wide and it was just like creepy so anyway um that's my story about fat tuesday welcome to our podcast <laughs> okay side note i know <laughs> why do we put a baby in the cake i should know this. it it represents it's jesus like it it's baby jesus i'm pretty I sure understand. i'm i i under, i think i understand maybe i don't know it's like um so the three colors i, I feel like it has actually i don't know um I know it's Jesus, and I know that if you get the baby, someone from Louisiana can totally correct us. Oh, I believe my best friend Marianne is going <coughs> to be listening to this, and she's going to be like screaming at the phone. It's fine. She is right now. Um, <laughs> no, I think if you get the baby, it's you get luck, and then I think you also buy the next year's king cake. It's like your job. So yeah, um, Marianne, tell us. What, if we're wrong, which we probably are. Um, <laughs> but Fat Tuesday, of course, leads to Ash Wednesday, yes. which leads to Lent. And so we thought that this week would be a really good time to talk about um, spring cleaning because that's sort of yeah. what Lent is doing in our souls. Um, talk a little bit about just like what we're doing for Lent, but also just the idea of uncluttering our souls and kind of like getting rid of the junk to get us into a posture of readiness before God so that we're not, um, so weighed down by all this stuff. So, and there's a lot to be weighed down by right now. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and just a reminder now we're doing these monthly episodes. So this is going to be kind of a different episode because even our January episode, even though it was a monthly episode, it, this, is what, this is like what our real new format looks like. Yeah. Um, so, um, we, you know, we're going to talk for a bit and then, um, we're going to have our interview um, and then we're going to talk for a bit more and give you guys some awesome suggestions for um, food and books and all of that kind of stuff after our interview. Um, and just as another reminder, you can get one more episode a month if you go to Patreon and become one of our patrons. Um, so mm-hmm. you can go, you can click on the link in the show notes for that. So, so spring cleaning or spiritual uncluttering or whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like this just kind of goes hand in hand with Lent because that's what Lent kind of is. Like we're trying to unclutter our souls and our spirits so that we're ready for Easter. Um, So I was 
thinking about the different areas of our life that need to be uncluttered. And I'm talking about our internal lives, not our external lives. We can talk about external lives another another time, like, you know, your house or whatever. But here I'm talking about like our internal lives cluttering. And so I thought about um, uncluttering our spirit, uncluttering our soul, uncluttering our heart or our emotions and uncluttering our mind. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I broke it up. And I was just you know, reading through scripture and thinking about each one of those areas and how we can do that. And I was thinking about like spiritual clutter, you know, thinking about the things that um, dull your spirit, because our spirit is the part, if you remember, we've talked about this before, but the the spirit is where where, where we are, our spirit meets with God's spirit. And that's where the mm-hmm. spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit um, works inside of us and speaks to us. And that's where the work of um, God is done inside of us is in our spirits. But if um, there are things that are um, cluttering that, um, then we become dull to the work of the Holy Spirit because our spirits are cluttered with other things. Um, whatever, yeah. you know, we can talk a little bit um, more in a second about what that looks like, but um, our spirits can be cluttered um, with things that are kind of dulling us to the work of God. And it kind of links to like soul clutter because to me, like your soul is, you know, your 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 loves, if you will. And, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and our, and your priorities. And so, and like what you want to do, you know, like your inner desires and there are things that we, that all of us prioritize and love that crowds out our love for God, which then dulls our spirits to hear from his spirit. Does that make sense? Um, Kinda, tell me, hold on. Tell me more about, um, your soul. Your soul is your loves. Like, tell me more about that. So I think of, I think of your, um, of your soul as like the, the person, um, God created you to be. So, so like you know, all of your, like your personality and like your, yes. your preferences, and your drives, all, your desires, like okay, all of okay. those things, uh, you know, and so there, we all have the things in, in our souls that like, and, it, and, and God puts desires on our hearts, like things that, that we love and things that we want to pursue and all of those things. But the first thing we're supposed to pursue in our souls is him. And then everything falls in line underneath that. But all of us, you know, even the, the, the most, you know, godly people still have things in their lives that they can look at that they, um, that they love and they cherish and they desire and prioritize above God. And we have to, we have to, lens the perfect time to look at our souls and be like, what is it that is crowding out my love for God? And then when we cr- crowd out those loves and we're, we're, our things are out of, our priorities are out of whack, then our spirits then become dull to um, the work that God can do in our lives and how, and how his spirit can speak to our spirit. So we, you know, we just have to, and you know, it's, it's hard. Everybody is different, but we have to like, I think journaling really helps me with this and praying. So like, I'm because I'm a pencil to paper kind of person. Everybody's yeah. different, but I'm a like I need to sit before God and like just start writing and like have Him show me what are the things that are dulling my spirit to Him and what are the things that are crowding out my love for Him that I'm loving more and prioritizing more than Him. So Lent's a good time to like look at those things and try to figure out what those things are. Um, yeah, and I think it's um sorry to cut you okay, off. I just going. want to say. No, you're um, I think it's important to know too, like that we're human and this is just what we do. Like there's no, like 
there's no shame around being like, oh my gosh, I'm so cluttered. I'm not perfectly connected to God. Like this is just what people do. So I think a lot of times we can get stuck sometimes, or I can, which is why I mentioned it. Cause I think someone else must struggle with this, but like we can get stuck and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this more than I love God. And like, I like, what's wrong with me? And why am I so crappy? And why mm-hmm. do I do It's like, it's not worth it to go there because it's sort of like you just, it's like babies cry and people are idolatrous. And it's just, it's yes. like, it's not, it's not something that you need to like, try to beat out of yourself. It's just sort of like, okay, like every time you notice it, you just redirect. It's like all about redirecting, not shaming. So I just wanted to like say that because I think Lent can sometimes bring a sense of shame and that's not the intention of it. Um, and then when we fail in quotes at Lent, it brings more shame. We're like, I suck so bad. And it's like, no, you're supposed to suck. Like, (laughs) I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I mean, I I can't remember which, is it Tozier? I can't remember which um, famous theologian, or maybe it was uh, Augustine, said that, you know, the heart is an idol factory. Like, yeah, I mean, totally. every human heart is an idol factory. They, you know, it is, what it is, whether you're religious or not, your heart is making idols. So don't, <laughs> you, don't make an, something. Don't make an idol of your own shortcomings, because that's very real. And that can yeah, be what you focus on more than you focus on seeking God. Yeah. And then I was thinking of it. So we've got our spirits, our souls, and then you have your hearts, which is like your emotions. Um, that's mm-hmm. like your emotional center. And, um, and those things that, that can get cluttered too. And I'm not talking about mm-hmm. like decluttering to get rid of all of your emotions. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, even though I kind of would like to do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're emotional beings. God created us emotional beings. We're not supposed to be like robots. And so yeah. decluttering your emotions, isn't that it's the, I get, I think it's the, the decluttering the emotions that are um, the way I see it, that are keeping you from being feeling free. So mm. we, we all have those emotions like, um, um, resentment, bitterness, regret, um, anger, all of those things that can like, can, can have a hold. There are emotions that can have a hold on us that keep us from feeling freedom. And then there are emotions that we have just because we, there's a freeing part of emotions too, you know, crying and sadness and happiness and joy and all of those things, all of those emotions, there's freedom in all of those emotions. Um, yeah. but there, there are, there are emotions that, especially if you're, you're like me and you're not good at naming them that can be like, and that can have a hold on you that keeps you from like feeling those freeing emotions. Um, so I think, I think of that, that is how we declutter our hearts versus um versus decluttering to the point where we have no emotions which is not a healthy way to live either so yeah um because we're kind of called to be emotional me emotional beings it's just helpful healthy emotional beings not unhealthy emotional beings yeah um and then next is your mind so i think about this as like informational clutter so mm, and, I, and i think mm-hmm. i use i think it's because it's one of my favorite passages of scripture i use philippians 4 8 all the time but um, what is it that is in our, what is that we're allowing into our brain that is keeping us to think from thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Those are the things we're supposed to think on. And what is it that we're allowing into our minds that is, that are keeping us from thinking about those things. And so the, yeah. this is, this is, and, the, and when we get to our section about what, what practical application for us for Lent, this is I, an area where I'm trying to, to unclutter um, this spring cleaning is, is um, news, tweets, social networks, gossip, like 
all of these things that Mm. we allow into our minds from other people and other areas that are keeping us from thinking about things that are pure and noble and true and all of those things. And then our brains get cluttered. And when our brain, our minds get cluttered, then our emotions get cluttered and their spirits and these are all interconnected, right? They're all connected. So when one of these areas get cluttered, it like dulls one of the other areas. Um, so that's, that's what I think about when I think about uncluttering or spring cleaning. Yeah, groups. no, that's really good. That, um, yeah, I was almost thinking like, I was trying to come up with an analogy where the things that you're decluttering, it's like, so with your, your mind, that's like throwing away all the papers on your kitchen Island, right. Or like whatever gets cluttered in your house. But then it's like, sometimes you have to dust and sometimes you have to, it's like, there's all these different elements that I think when you look at the physical decluttering of your house that, and it's funny because a lot of times with my house, like, you know, you just get used to what it looks like, right? Like you don't even notice it. And then whenever somebody, well, this doesn't really happen now, but if people are coming over for the first time or, you know, it's like a probably new people over or someone who hasn't been there in a while and you start looking at your house through different eyes and you kind of like look around, you're like, okay, what would a guest notice? And you start seeing things and cleaning them up or moving them. And, um, I think we have to do that with ourselves too. And we can't do that. So we have to invite other people in and say, Hey, and that's where like our community comes in and saying like, what are you noticing in me? Am I more negative lately? Am I more, I'm like, what am I talking about all the time? Or what do I seem distracted by? And like doing it for other people too, because we don't see our own clutter a lot. I agree. I think that, no, I think that's great. I think that, um, you know, outside of, you know, bringing it to God and ask him to show, show you where you're cluttered. I think um, put us in community and and gives us um, people to speak into our lives. And so I think that's great. And, um, you know, that's why sometimes we have to bring in um, outside help when we're um, uncluttering our physical space too, right? So we also have to do that with our inner space. Um, I mean, some of us are better than others at at decluttering without help. But like sometimes anybody, you have to have fresh eyes on things, right? Um, And so um, I think that's good. That's good. Um, well, so, um, now we're about to have an interview with, um, a a writer named Carla Gasser, and she wrote a devotional called the beauty of an uncluttered soul. Um, and a big part of the interview, um, that we had with her was, um, you know, once you've uncluttered, what can be produced out of that. So because her Mm -hmm. whole devotional focuses on the fruits of the spirit, but the the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, joy, love, peace, patience, goodness, you know, all self-control, all of those things, that's, that's the fruit of an uncluttered soul. But if you have to get rid of the stuff that we've been talking about, this clutter for that fruit to be produced. And so a lot of what we talk about with her in this interview coming up is like, what does it look like to unclutter those things? And what's the opposite of joy? What's the opposite of peace? What's the opposite of patience? So that we can unclutter those things so that that fruit can be produced in us. Um, And that's what her um, devotion, you know, seeks out to help um, women do. So that's kind of where we're going in this interview. So I hope everybody really um, enjoys the interview and, um, uh, you know, all the information about Carla and everything will be in the notes. Um, and then come back for the interview and you'll get to hear about kind of what we're doing for Lent and what we're, um, you know, what we're eating and thinking about and resources and practical exercises and all of that kind of stuff. So we will be back after the interview. Mm-hmm. 
Hi, Carla. Welcome to Woven. Um, for our listeners, could you um, just start off by sharing a little bit of just like personal information about yourself and let us know um, more about you? Sure. Thanks for having me. And um, we were just talking beforehand that I live in uh, between Cleveland and Akron, Ohio. Um, one of the fun facts about me is I am about six months away from being an empty nester. Wow. <laughs> I have four children, three boys that have flown the nest. Um, one's married, one's living in Nashville, one's a junior in college down in Cincinnati, and I'm left with my baby girl who's a senior in high school. And um, yeah, so <laughs> we are trying the college process with her, which has been a nightmare during this pandemic. We have not really been able to go to any college visits. And she decided to apply to 10 colleges because oh. she wanted to cast a wide net. And um, we're having the, the unique problem of her being accepted to all 10. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then realizing, well, how are we going to do this? Like, how am I going to get you to these places? So that's where I am in my life. So I'm a little different, different stage of life. And uh, wow, it's going to be interesting to be an empty nester after all those years of raising kids. And I'm going to miss her dearly because having a girl at the end, yeah. and I had my three boys really close together. And then I had some complications with pregnancy. So then there's a gap between my third boy and her. So it's going to be different, but that's where I am in my life right now. So that has left me more time to pursue my ministry, you know, to write more and speak more. Well, a lot of speaking engagements have been canceled, but, um, you know, to do more of those things. So I'm entering a total different phase of life. So that's where I'm at. A little bit about me. I love to hear that because... I mean, I'm, I have a uh, six-year-old twin girls and I feel like I have no time for anything. So it's so nice yes. to hear you say like, you're entering into this time for yourself. Like that's always my hope and my like long vision, but it's nice to talk to somebody who's actually in that space to encourage me a little bit. That's nice. Right. You also need to tell me um, all of your skincare because there's no way you have four kids who are all almost gone. Because you look about 28 years old. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for that. I, I feel like I look extremely pale and white with this dark hair and this very, very white skin. I used to babysit for a little boy and he was just learning to talk. And I was, this was a, quite a few years ago, but he was trying to explain to his mom that he wanted to call me because I had told mm -hmm. him I would take him to McDonald's or something. And he's like, I want Kawa. He couldn't say Carla. And then he said, you know, the lady with the white face, the snow white lady. <laughs> like, oh, man. So anyways, but you are very kind. And you know what I have used for years? And I don't what? know if this is a shameless plug or not. No, I've used Arbonne. You do? Okay. A skincare for years. I mean, I don't get into all the crazy stuff that they offer, but I have used their basic skincare Good to know. for years. So awesome. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I'm just a little bit ahead of Rebecca in that my kids are approaching the teenage years. And so I'm, we're, so we are, the three of us represent like three different um, stage. All of us are out of the baby phase, but, um, but we all kind of <laughs> fall into that. Um, yes. I have, I have my daughter, my oldest daughter is, is in the preteen years. So. Oh, we, God yeah. bless you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Middle school, <laughs> middle school is fun. So, um, anyways, <laughs> um, 
Okay, so let's let's go from there and talk a little bit about um, the story behind your book, um, the uncluttered, the beauty of an uncluttered soul. Um, it's a devotional. Can you tell us a little bit how that came about and why you decided to write it and and tying in? Um, you also have an artist that illustrated the devotional and how that kind of came to be. That'd be great. Yeah. So the idea behind the book is something that like I've been trying to admit to people and a lot of women have related to me on this is that I am one of those women that needs my external world in order. Again, going back to having four children, I always used to say to them, there is a place for everything and everything in its place, right? But as a mom, we all know that we are always moving from order to chaos. I think it's called the law of entropy, right? That is the second you get something organized in your home or cleaned off or whatever, it, it gets messed up again. And so as I was just struggling so much with maintaining, especially during those crazy years when my kids would like put their shoes on the counter or, you know, just crazy things. I was cleaning out my closet one day And I realized that I think for those of us who are creatives is what we would call ourselves. Um, I call myself actually a social introvert that I like to be with people and everything, but I I need my time alone. And I think when you're a writer, when you're a creative person, you're in your head a lot, that that really was what was going on with me is that because my head is always thinking and going a mile a minute, I think that the order outside was very important to me because I felt like, oh, I can control something, right? Something is being maintained, but it was a futile attempt. And as I was cleaning out a closet one day, God just really, really convicted me about, well, maybe it's the clutter within that you need Mm. to deal with. You're you're so concerned about the clutter without, and, and you're getting very frustrated with the people in your world and in your life. And you're constantly trying to do this. What about maybe there's some things inside that you need to declutter? Maybe there's some soul, you know, searching you need to do. And that's really how it started. And I started writing about it really as a blog series. And it was called Spring Cleaning Your Soul. Mm-hmm. And that's how that started. And then I kind of put it away, you know, and when I got my literary agent and I was pitching projects and pitching proposals, um, a lot of them weren't going anywhere. <laughs> so In there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that. so I was getting frustrated and I said to my agent, he's like, Carla, write what you know. And I went back to some of that and I I got a lot of good response on that series. And so I was thinking more about it and I was thinking about this whole aspect of slowing down. And Marie Kondo was really big at that time. And Mm -hmm. I I was hopping on that that bandwagon. And I was like, yes, does this spark joy? Yes. Can I clean this out? You know, and I thought, I want this book to be beautiful. That was just such an important thing to me because beauty for me makes me slow down. Hmm. When I witness beauty, when I look at beauty, then it does, it does do something in my soul. It does quiet me. It does still me. So I thought, I want this book to be beautiful, but I'm not an artist. <laughs> you know, I don't know how this is going to work. And I met Vivian at our church 
she's quite a bit younger than I am. She, she could be my daughter in, in age wise. And um, she was part of our art ministry. And I just started following her and watching her. And she is, she is such a quiet, calm. So like her spirit is that way. And her art is that way. So I met with her and I said, would you be interested at all in collaborating with me on a project? And she was into it. And I just kind of let her go. When we proposed the book, I said, the only thing I don't want, Vivian, is I don't want it to be literal. I don't want it to be like, okay, we're studying the fruit of the spirit. So love's going to be an apple and patience mm-hmm. is going to be a peach. And, you know, <laughs> and yeah, she's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so she just, I just trusted her so much that I was sending, when we finally signed the contract, we worked separately from then on out. Because she had moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was still here in Ohio. And I was continuing to write the book. She was continuing to, to you know, make art for the book. But I was sending her the chapters. And she was very intentional and purposeful mm-hmm. in putting the artwork with the different chapters. And one example I like to give about that is that on the chapter on patience, it's all full of succulents. And I know succulents are, are the rave right now and the craze and they are beautiful but I I've asked her you know why did you choose certain florals botanicals and fruits for the chapters and she said well succulents take a lot of patience to grow they're very slow growing Mm -hmm. they you know what I mean in in one sense they don't need a lot of care but you don't really see a lot of growth (laughs) you know you have to be patient and so that when you look at that whether you're consciously realizing that as you read the book or not we do want you to know that it's purposeful and intentional, the artwork. And for me, it, it helped me personally slow down and mm. lean in and recognize that there's beauty all around us, that God's created beauty, and he also wants to uncover that beauty in our souls. So long answer, sorry to a short No, it's a great answer because now when I go back, because I've, I've read through the devotional and now when I go back and look at it, I, I now I'm, I want to find clues. Like I want to be yes, like, exactly. why she did that for joy. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, so we're, we're talking about uncluttering our soul. It's, it's the theme of the devotional. Um, what does it, to you, what does it mean for our soul to be uncluttered? Right. So when I started on this journey to uncluttering my soul, I am a Bible teacher and I I love teaching Bible studies and I speak at a lot of women's conferences and things. And I want everything really that I teach and and write about to be biblically based, knowing that I have really no wisdom of my own, (laughs) that I can look to God's word to find wisdom, then hopefully make it easier for others to understand or to connect that life and that faith together. So I kept thinking, well, there's got to be, God has to say something about this right? The Bible has to say something. And I just kept returning to the fruit of the spirit. And I kept returning to those nine soul qualities that I thought, well, I want those. I want love, joy, peace, patience. But then I started realizing, well, why don't I have those things? (laughs) Why am I not you know, characterized by gentleness or goodness or kindness? What is going on? And I realized there was clutter. Mm. You know, that God wanted to cultivate and produce those things. But first of all, I had to lean into the Holy Spirit that this wasn't just one of my checklists, right? Right. Clean my desk today, wash my floors today, organize my closets today. It wasn't going to happen like that. And so I needed to lean in and work with God's Spirit. And that, you know, for example, to, to really cultivate love, you have to declutter and unclutter pride. Pride is what. Mm-hmm 
prevents us. You know, pride is thinking I deserve more and it's all about me. And even if we don't ever say that out loud, a lot of us live like that, right? Mm -hmm. And love is all about self-sacrifice. So, and again, peace, how do we cultivate peace? We have to get rid of worry and doubt and fear. And so that's how the whole process started for me was there are things in my soul that I know I have to declutter that God wants to help me declutter. I'm not doing this on my own, but those are the things I have to deal with first before I can start producing these soul qualities that Paul lists in the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, I'm struck when you say that um, it struck you when you were cleaning your closet because our soul is so much like a closet, right? Like it's not a countertop. You don't have to be reminded to declutter your kitchen island. It's right in front of you all the time, but you don't, I mean, it's so easy to shut a linen closet and not think about it. And that can be so much how our soul is. So that makes a lot of sense to me that it happened during that time. But um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So for our listeners who um, hopefully will go buy your devotional if they're interested, um, each one of the chapters, so each, did you mean for it to be um, a week or a day? Um, Can you share a little bit about that so that they can, that can pique their interest? But for those who haven't seen it yet, each one of those, whether it's a week or a day, those chapters is a fruit of the spirit and what you need to unclutter in order to um, show that fruit of the spirit that should be a outward evidence of the decluttering. So um, it, what, what was your intention behind it? Did you want people to spend a week at this, a month at this? That's a great question. And that's something that I really worked hard with on my publisher, because when I first pitched it, I saw it more as a Bible study. And like I told you, my experience as a Bible study teacher, and I love expository, inductive Bible study. So I was writing it more like, you're going to study this, and then there's going to be four or five days of homework. We all know those kinds of studies, right? And I love those. They saw it more as a devotional. And so I feel like we settled on a hybrid. So I have been referring to it as a devotional Bible study. It's not a devotional in the sense where you just, a lot of devotionals are daily. You read a little blurb. There might be a prayer and a verse. Those are great. I use those too. Um, It's not that. (laughs) And it's definitely not five days of inductive homework. So it's somewhere in the middle where I think that you can use it um, as a week You know what I mean? I would do a chapter a week. I've also told people that I feel like it's a book that you can pick up in the middle. Like if you're really struggling um, with kindness or you don't understand what goodness is, I disciple a group of teen girls. And um, in our discussion last week, we talked about what does it mean to be a good person? And it blew me away what their cultural thinking was on that. So we opened the book. (laughs) I said, you guys don't understand biblical goodness at all. Like you have totally been taught what good is in terms of a societal norm, but you don't know what the Bible says about that. So that's why I think it's, you can do it that way. Yeah. Um, I've, um, Since I've heard, I know churches now that are doing it as a Bible study. I know uh, some friends that are just doing it as kind of a book club book. They're getting together every week. They're reading it. They're discussing it. So I do think it's very versatile. If you want to dig deep, I give you opportunities to dig deeper. If this is more kind of something you just want to do with a group of girlfriends, kind of in a neighborhood study, maybe not everybody is in the same place spiritually, 
I think that it can be used that way as well. Um, I created the soul method and I go methodically through every chapter in the same way. And that's the teacher in me. (laughs) I'm a former high school English teacher and a college professor. So that is kind of my wheelhouse. And I love acronyms because I'm getting older and they help me remember things. (laughs) So (laughs) the soul method is used throughout the every chapter in the same way. And S stands for search. And that's where you start searching scriptures. What does the Bible say about love, peace, joy? And then O is observe. What does it mean? What is the Bible talking about in that concept in the Bible? Again, what the Bible says joy is versus what the world says happiness is, two totally different things. So we need to dig a little deeper. You is use. Again, we have to move from head knowledge to heart knowledge. You know, how do we live this out in practical ways, as you were mentioning earlier? And then L is that important part that is really hard for me and something I've been working on personally. And that's why I added it to the, to the whole method was lean. I wanted you to take that last portion, that last time in the chapter to lean into God's spirit. And I include a poem or song lyrics or a prayer or something just to kind of slow you down and to realize that this isn't about you producing any of this fruit. For us type A kind of personalities, we look at the list of the fruit of the spirit and we're like, oh, I can do that. Check, 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 check right? And it's not about that. It's about God's spirit transforming us from the inside out. And I feel if you don't, for me, I was missing that crucial step of leaning in and allowing God to reveal to me, where's that clutter? What, you know, what is it in me that is preventing me from, you know, producing this and from cultivating this in my life? And so that's the last portion. I've also heard a few people who have broken that out and have used like the search one day, the observe one day. The, oh, so yeah. it, like I said, I think, you know, it could be used in a lot of different ways. And I hope it is. I, I hope that you look at the book and, and use what works well for you, for your group, if you're doing it by yourself, if you're doing it as a Bible study, or if you're doing it, you know, like just with a neighborhood group of people. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, you were talking about the closets and and how you know, um, you, and you were, you brought up the the linen closet, or I was thinking, you know, the junk drawer in your kitchen or whatever. Like that's never a one and done process, right? Like you know, I mean, usually you know, it's pretty for a little bit, and then it gets recluttered again. And so I think what's great about a devotional like this is like you could go through it, you know, once a week. You can you know do joy, peace, and like you go go through all of them. But I think we all, if you know, if we're spending time with the Lord and and we're spending some time trying to identify what he's doing in us. We'll, we'll come back. You know, we don't all of a sudden then learn how to be joyful and then we're joyful 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, they'll, they'll, something will happen and we're like, Oh yeah, that for the spirit that that's, I'm not, I'm not producing that right now. Or God's not, I'm not, there's things cluttering from God, allowing God to produce that in me. And so going back and be able to revisit and you don't have to do the whole study again to go back and revisit peace mm-hmm. or patience or whatever. So I think that's, that's helpful just to remember that this process isn't just like, you know, as you can probably hear in the background a little bit, we're remodeling our house and like, we've been here for 13 years and we've done projects and now we're doing projects and you know, we'll probably do more projects. So like, it's just a constant process, right? And our souls are the same way. So I think it's great that you can just keep revisiting it. And a lot of not being cluttered, I think is being careful of what you're taking in too. Mm -hmm. So it's not all about 
if we can kind of get into a rhythm of paying attention to the things we take in, then there's less to have to remove later. Yes. Right. So true. And it's kind of, it goes back to, you know, I referenced her earlier, Marie Kondo, does it spark joy? But I feel like we should be asking ourselves a little different question when we, you know, pick up people, things, situations into our lives. Is this going to help me walk in step with the spirit? Is this Mm -hmm. going to produce those qualities? And if it's not, do I need it? Do I need that in my life? And I think you're right. It's not just taking out. It's also what we allow in. That's a really great point. And that's something also that I feel like as we begin this year, God's just stripping me down. You know what I mean? And I think that's also part of the uncluttering process. And also that it's not easy. You know, this is not easy. It it looks pretty, you know, like you said, you look at this book and it's pretty, but the process itself is one that, you know, takes a lot of dedication and takes a lot of soul searching. And so I, I wouldn't go into it lightly, but I also feel like it is part of that big word we use in Christianity called sanctification, that that is something, it's, it's a lifelong process. We yeah. will never really arrive, but we can move closer. And yeah, and setting that expectation is really important because yeah. I think it's so easy to, you know, pick up a book and be like, oh, okay, I've got, I'm, I'm joyful. Like, good. What's next? And it's like, they all work together at the same time. It's just like, saying my muscles are strong, but like my bones and my tendons are next. Like you can't separate them. They all are yeah. combined, right? So yeah, I think that's good to remember. And I, I appreciate the way the book is set up for that reason. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, so as we go towards the end, I'm thinking about how we don't just do this kind of uncluttering process of our souls and we don't just do this uncluttering process of our of our houses most of the time for ourselves. We do it because it also helps us in relationship to others. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, being a Christian means loving God and also loving others. So how do you think that this uncluttering process that we're talking about doing in our souls and, and hopefully seeing the fruit of the spirit um, flow out of that, how does that help us in our relationship with others? Well, that was one of the most interesting things I learned in my research of the fruit of the spirit, that they are very Um, intentionally ordered, right? That love, joy, and peace really deal with our relationship with God, those first three. And that's where you need to be connected because I cannot love you the way I'm supposed to love you if I'm not connected to the source of love, right? I, I mean, I'm really incapable of doing it. So that's why we need to be connected first to the source Um, to God to allow his spirit to fill us with that kind of love, joy, and peace. But then the next three are the ones that deal with how do we relate to others? And that's, you know, kindness and goodness and um, patience. And (laughs) those are hard ones, but those deal with our relationships, those vertical relationships. Like I said, if I am connected with love, joy, and peace to God, that I can move out better in patience, goodness, and kindness. And what I found was happening, I think, a little bit in the Christian world and with some of the younger women that I mentor and teach Bible studies is that self-help in the Christian world has kind of become popular right now. And um, I'm not going to vent any further than that. But it, it really puts the focus on you 
you know, the self-help. Whereas I feel the fruit of the spirit, it isn't about your personality type, right? Mm -hmm. I can't just say, well, you know what? And I have said this before, so I'm going to, you know, out myself here. I'm not just a gentle person. That's not how God made me. Like, I don't have to exhibit gentleness because that's not in my personality type. I'm more of a strong person. I'm a little bit loud. I'm opinionated. You know, oh, whoa. But these are a list of personality traits. Mm -hmm. Patience is not a personality trait. Neither is goodness or kindness or gentleness or faithfulness. Those are soul qualities that God says that he wants us to exhibit as we are new creatures in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is kind of changing our mindset a little bit when we approach this list and looking at others the way God wants us to look at them. Not that, you know, I can pick and choose from this list of what I want God to develop in me. I want to be more patient or I do want to be more gentle. It's a whole package. Like you were saying before, you can't really separate them. Mm -hmm. And then as you develop and move out in kindness and goodness and patience, then you are able to develop the habits and how do you develop those habits? Well, that comes into, like we said, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, before we get to our final question that we ask all of our guests, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about um, your devotional, about any other work you might be doing right now, where they can find you, all of those things? Yeah, my ministry is called At the Crossroads. I think I mentioned it earlier, and it's very simple. My pitch is I just try to help um, women connect faith and life in real and meaningful ways. I do not claim to be an expert. I don't claim to be uh, figured have it figured all out, but I'm always speak, seeking um, fellow travelers. I feel like we're all on this faith journey together, and I'm really all about connection. I feel like it's really important to look ahead at the women who are, have gone before us on the path or maybe a few steps ahead of us in any way, whether they are as mothers or in their careers or in their spiritual walks and, and learn from them and gain wisdom. Also to have those women that are walking right alongside us who are in the trenches, right? Raising kids the way we are, going through the different seasons of life with us, but then also to look back. And I've always tried to have that in my own life. I've always tried to seek wisdom from women who are ahead of me, uh, you know, kind of uh, walk in step with those who are going through some of the same things I'm going with, with for encouragement. And then also to look at these women behind me. And that's why I disciple teen girls and college girls, because I want to pass that on. So that's really what my ministry is all about. And I'm more than just an author. I blog weekly. Um, I also speak. I also try to do a lot of outreach events as well, where again, I just want to bring women together and talk about faith and life. It's, you know, I don't want it to be overwhelming. I don't want to be judgmental. I just want women to, women who are spiritually seeking or sensitive, just to have a really safe space to talk about those things. And sometimes it's hard and that's okay. So my website is just my name, www.carlagasser.com. Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes. Okay, Rebecca, you want to ask Carla our question? What would be your last meal on earth if you could pick? Oh, wow. 
okay, so I'm Italian and, uh, you know, carbs are bad for you now. So I would do everything carb in my last meal. I, that's what I would do. I would do pasta and I would do pizza and I would do good Italian bread. It would be an Italian feast with every carb that they say right now is bad for me. How's that? <laughs> that? That definitely tops my list as an Italian. I think for my 40th birthday a year and a half ago, um, I Rebecca, because she's a, a chef by trade, and um, she asked me what I wanted for my birthday because we were having like a little getaway for that. You know, that was back pre-COVID. We could have getaways with girlfriends. And she was like, what do you want me to make for your birthday dinner? And I was like, I want a Tuscan feast. And she was like, I'm going to need you to narrow that down a little bit. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I, I, I totally get that. Well, Carla, thank Thank you so much for being on. It's been a joy and a delight. And we will link to the book wherever books are sold. And we will link to your website so people know how to find you. But thanks, thanks for being so here. much. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Hey, welcome back. Um, we're so thankful for Carla coming on and talk, talking to us about how to um, unclutter our souls and the beauty of that that can come out of that. And that's what I think I most got from that was the beauty of what an uncluttered soul can look like. Because I think sometimes we talk, you know, just in religious terms that, oh, well, you need to put away your other loves and follow mm-hmm. Jesus and, you know, make sure he's first. And all those things are true and biblical. And I'm not, I'm not denying those things. But like, what's the end goal, right? And the right. end goal is, is a beautiful soul um, that produces this fruit to to love God better and to love others better like that. Yeah. It's not like a legalistic thing. And like yes. God already loves you just as much as he ever will. It's not, you're not earning anything. It's just like, it's more for you yeah. and for your quality of life. And I think that's important to distinguish sometimes with this sort of thing. Cause it can like, yeah. When someone's like, Oh, I need to unclutter my soul. It's like, Oh, here I go. I suck. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's for you. It's not for God. God isn't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So, um, okay. So let's, let's talk about our Lent and what practically we're doing for Lent and why we're doing what we're doing for Lent. So how about you? What are you thinking about for Lent? So Lent in general, I try to simplify things, um, which I'll talk about a little more when we talk about food, but what I'm like fasting for Lent is shopping. Um, and I feel like I've talked about, I think I've given this up every year. So there's a pretty consistent problem, I guess. Um, but kind of the backstory, um, is that I, I really, I'm very affected by my environment Mm -hmm. and my clothes are part of my environment. And if I'm wearing something that's not like exactly how I want it to fit, I just am like really distracted all day. So I really, it's like, I spend a lot of time and energy trying to find like quote unquote perfect clothes that like fit me perfectly that I really, and like, I'm just very picky and there's always like something Mm. I don't like about something. So, which like, that's not bad. That's just me. Yeah. Um, but I spend too much time and money and it's been really weird this year because there's no dressing rooms open. So it's been like extra weird because I've had to order stuff online. And then, you know, it's just like a whole thing. It's like, you get it online and then you have to send it back. So it's not perfect. And it's like this whole thing. Um, uh-huh. and I just, I live in it. And then on top of it, I'm very, I love fashion. Like it's fun to me. I love getting dressed. I love clothes. I love like, you know, kind of 
funky or different clothes. Like I just, I really, it's fun and it's like life-giving to me. Um, yeah, it's a creative outlet for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah. you can see how this very easily goes wrong. <laughs> it's like, it's and not all good things do. <laughs> right. Like none of it's bad. It's just that I have this low level kind of like radar out at all times. And that part mm-hmm. is not good. Cause it's like, and it, you know, and it's also exacerbated by like online shopping and the fact that like, you know, maybe 50 years ago, there would be new clothes in a department store like once a season. And now it's like weekly you're getting like, and I, I mean, I yeah. unsubscribed to all the emails, but you know, it's like you still, you get on social media and there's like targeted ads and it, it, there's just always something. There's always new yeah. stuff to look at. And so, and it's not that I even get distracted by trends. Like I know what I like. It's just that I'm always kind of like, where's the perfect pair of jeans? Where's the perfect, like, and I, I, anyway, so this all gets very distracting for me. So I decided that I'm not going to buy. And I mean, this also can go for makeup, skincare, hair stuff. Like it can go for all of it, right? It's not just clothes, but that's the main problem. So my decision is I'm going to, I'm not going to buy anything that is inessential. So I'm fine on workout clothes, underwear, bras, socks, like all those things that like, I, I don't need any of them right now. Like, and then all of the extra stuff, like fun tops I don't need. So the only way I will buy something is if it is something that I already have that I run out of that I'm replacing yeah. or, um, if it were an essential, like if like my yeah. bra broke or something, and I need a bra, like yeah. something like that. Obviously. Um, yeah. but, and I, I do need to buy new running shoes. So that's one thing I need to buy, but other than new running shoes, I don't really need anything. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just not going to buy stuff and I'm going to hope, hopefully at least break that habit I have of like the, the never ending search. Yeah. Because that's what distracts me from God. Cause that's what I do. Like in those moments where I just could turn to God or, you know, or like, it's like a stress relief. It's like a soothing thing to scroll through pictures of pretty things. And it's like, not bad. It's just gotten way too big in my life right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so what I'm doing. Yeah. So I was going to just do it myself, which spoiler alert does not really work. But I mean, I didn't think I had another option. And then I, um, I follow Lisa Whittle on Instagram. Yes. Um, she's mm-hmm. like a, a Bible teacher. And I just really, I really like her. Like I, I've always kind of resonated with the stuff she posts and writes and stuff. So she actually is doing a shopping fast. We're very similar in this way. Like she loves like all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so she had like <laughs> this post. It was like, signs you need a shopping fast. And of course I do all of them. And I was like, okay. So she's doing a guided yeah. one where you get like oh, an email awesome. every day. Right. And then I was like, what a genius idea she had. And like, I hope more people will invite people into their fast. Cause like their specific fast, because it's like, there's so many good resources for Lent, but it's also like, it's really helpful to me to think about like, I'm going to get an email every day about my specific fast. Seems really yes. cool. So that's awesome. No, yeah. I like that idea a lot. And it's called the, really Jesus, the Jesus over everything shopping fast. Um, and you start getting emails the 17th and you get them like throughout Lent. Um, so yeah, I'll have that in the show notes. If anyone else is a yes. shopaholic, I hate that word. Why did I say that? I'm not so dumb. Um, if anyone, <laughs> anybody struggles with the same, the same types of things. Yes, I got it. Okay. What about you? So, so for me, so in the past, I, the, like the past three or four years, I've given up social media. Um, 
I like officially mostly gave up social media this year, or at least the social media that had a hold on me. So I gave up um, Facebook. Facebook, and Facebook was my was my nemesis. So I've given <laughs> it up. I gave it up in September. I will never. I don't think I'll ever go back. Like yeah. at first, I thought it was just going to be like a few months just to cleanse my aura or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> but I um, that was very woo woo. But um, I know I'm, what is wrong. <laughs> what a strange thing for you to say. <laughs> you never say stuff like that. I know, but just to kind of like, um, unclutter for a short period of time. Um, but yeah. I, I, it has, um, and I've, I don't mean to sound dramatic and I've said this before, but like it is, it has changed my mental health. Um, so I will not be going back, um, most likely. Unless well, it's designed to destroy your mental health. So I'm not surprised yes. that when you stop doing it, it changed it for the better. Well, and like Instagram doesn't do that to me. Instagram does that to other people. So I'm on Instagram still. It's yeah. fine. Um, so um, so I'm, I didn't get rid of all social media. I, I didn't become, you know, uh, anti-social media completely. But anyways, but the, what, so I was like, okay, so that's normally what I give up. So now what? It, there's got to be something. And so I've been praying about it and thinking about it. And I've decided to give up um, cable news and doom scrolling. And here's what I mean by this. Um, I am, I, so like you go for shopping for certain reasons and you like to look, scroll and look at pretty pictures. I like to scroll and get all the hot new news because I like information and I want to know everything. Um, it's a problem. And so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little like Eve taking a bite of the apple. Like, I just want to know everything about everything. And so, Um, and so that's what I do. So I scroll and I, I don't just stick with one site. Like I look at all of them because I want to see all the opinions and all the thoughts. And so I'm looking at Fox news and CNN and MSNBC. And I, you know, I have, I don't really do Twitter. Um, like I don't re- I don't follow like a lot of people and, and I don't tweet really, but like I use it as a, a news, um, like funneling site to where like mm-hmm. I follow all the news sources so what I find myself doing on Twitter is just reading all of the um, headlines, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not actually like reading the articles. Um, and I was really convicted um, through some stuff um, from Pantsu Politics, friends of the show that we've had on before. And then also through um, through watching the social network uh, or the social dilemma, not the social network, which is a yeah. movie about Facebook. Um, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Um, no, it's... Uh, I convicted that about um, only consuming news that I pay for, because when you mm. pay for new, when you pay for news, then um, that doesn't mean you're getting the best news always, or you're not getting slanted news. Obviously, you're paying for you know an opinion still, but it um, you just get more depth to what you're paying for versus free. When you when you um, get information for free, you then become the consumer. Right. And so mm-hmm. you, I mean, you become the, um, not, you don't become the consumer. The consumers, if you buy it, you become the, um, the item that's being consumed um, when yeah. you're doing free news. And so I've decided for Lent that I will not be just like going to CNN.com and MSNBC.com or watching cable news on the TV in the background during the day. And I'm not going to just like scroll headlines. Like I pay for New York Times once a day um, to send me articles. I, um, at Pantsuit Politics, I am a patron of theirs and they do a, 
I like five minute news brief every day. I just like the headlines, but I'm paying for that and it's sourced well. Like they get it from all different sources. And so like I I I can still like get information about what's going on because we live in times where we do kind of need to know what's going on, but we don't need it all day long and I don't need to constantly be scrolling it. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read my New York Times that I pay for in the morning for a minute and I can watch the news brief if I want to. And I can watch ABC Nightly News at, six, at 7 p.m. like the old people do if I want to, you know, but it's, it's just this endless, like need to have all the up to the minute information and, and getting wisdom from all these different areas. Um, and I, I shared this with you, but I, I just happened to funny enough, found it on Twitter, um, found an article (laughs) from, um, the, um, the gospel coalition from TGC. And there's, um, a new book written called the, um, the wisdom pyramid. Um, and I haven't read the book yet, but I liked the idea of it from the, so I'll link it to I'll link, um, it in the show notes, um, about where we find our wisdom. And he took it from like, y'all remember the old school, like food pyramid, like, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, fruits and vegetables are at the bottom and then you go up and like sugars and sweets are at the very yeah. top, right? So he's done that, but he's done that with information, like where Christians should get their information from. And like, it's a pyramid and like, there's nothing that needs to be completely taken out. It just needs to be prioritized. So like he obviously at the base has the Bible. So that's where we should be getting our mm-hmm. first source of wisdom. And then that the next up mm-hmm. there is from like the church, like from, you know, hearing, hearing the word preached and that kind of stuff. And from our community, like wisdom from the, those that we like are in community with. And then next above that um, is um, from nature. So like mm-hmm. seeking wisdom in nature and seeing God in nature is next. Um, and God speaks to us through nature. And then next is um, above that is like books like actual like real tangible books not like doom scrolling of headlines yeah. but actually like reading you know literature and nonfiction, all of these things that like we can find wisdom god uses those books for to give us wisdom and then next he has um beauty such as art music that kind of stuff god can speak to us and get we can get wisdom through that and the very tippy top of the pyramid bitty bitty spot is social media the internet news like that should yeah. be the last source of our wisdom, not the first source of our wisdom. Yeah. And so my my pyramid has been inverted. Um, right. For most I think of most of ours are. <laughs> for most of this year, for lots of reasons. Um, I think that's my tendency and it's always kind of been that way, but, you know, it's just been um, expanded or like magnified because of us being in the middle of a pandemic and we were in an election, a very hotly contested election season. And, um, you know, racial injustice, all of these things that like have like, I just feel um, inundated with information, which I've done to myself partially because I want the information. So mm-hmm. I, it's just gonna be a time for me to like kind of flip the pyramid. Um, and I don't know exactly, I didn't want to spend the next, you know, little bit trying to figure out what that looks like exactly. But, um, you know, I'm not going to like put like time limits on it or anything. I don't, I'm not going to be legalistic, but like really going to yeah. try to start with, you know, you know, reading my Bible more, um, 
and trying to take, you know, take in more wisdom from um, those around me that like you and people like that, that, that love me. And like, I can get wisdom from that instead of getting it from social media, um, spending more time, you know, it's spring, hopefully get to spend more time in nature. We're going to the beach for spring break and then reading more instead of, you know, doom scrolling, just trying to be better. Oh, one of my big things I want to do is I spend a lot of time in carpool. I spend a lot of time waiting for kids at sports and piano lessons. And with COVID right now, I can't go into any of those things. I just sit in the car and wait. And I need to bring books with me. They need to be sitting in my yeah. car. Because what I do instead is I scroll Twitter or I scroll CNN. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> and so like, that's one of my goals for Lent is to make sure that I have books on me and that yeah, I, or I, or I listen. Or I listen to music, or I can listen to a sermon on a podcast instead of, yeah. you know, getting. I mean, I'm y'all. I'm bad. Like at the height of like the election season, I mean, I gave up Facebook, which was really good for me. But I'm about to admit something really bad here. I mean, I would be, I'd be watching CNN on my phone when I was driving to school to get the kids. Like, yeah, on my phone. Like, yeah, I. It's just. I mean, it is. Yeah, it, it's a problem. So, well, and I've started to nip it in the bud. Um because it, a few weeks ago, but, um, I, I just want to become more like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More, um, pointed about it. That's not the word I'm like intentional, more intentional about what yeah. to do when I take away all of that stuff. What am I going to, because that's my go-to right now is scroll those things. So like, what am I going to replace it with? I've so. been thinking a lot lately about how we use the phrase spending time. Mm-hmm. And how like time is a resource and how Mm -hmm. if you look at it that way and you think about it and you think about your day and you look at your, like that counter on your phone that tells you what you've been doing and for how long it's like, I have spent five hours and I don't have anything to show for it really. And it's not, again, not to like make you feel bad, but it's just like, if we, if we really, because time is valuable and it's not guaranteed to us. And I mean, we don't know how long we've got. And like, is that, is that what I, I don't know. Like, is that what I want? Cause it's like, I have literally a stack of probably seven books that I Me genuinely too. want to read. I don't feel like I have yes. to read them. Like I want to, I want the information. I'm interested in it. And rather than doing that, I, I'm like, well, I can tell you about this funny meme I saw on Instagram today. It's like, oh, cool. That'll really, that'll really help you out there, Rebecca. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we both kind of have described without saying it is a sense of FOMO, right? Yeah. Like the fear of missing out. Cause like, I'm afraid I'm going to, that someone's going to design the perfect shirt for me and I'm going to miss it. And you're afraid that there's some nugget of information And so, and then it's like, so we have to follow the the breadcrumb trail, right? So like, if I miss the shirt, then what happens is I am not expressing myself in the way in which I would like to. And by that, I'm trying to control people's perception of me. And then I can't like, and then they're not going to think that I am who I want them to think I am. Like, that's like, and I don't think that when I'm doing it, but that's like what, and I think, and I don't know, like you can say what you think it is for you. I think it's probably like, you don't want to look like you didn't know something you should have known. Like 100%. you don't want to look stupid. Like, so you're 100%. like, I have to know everything so that like, I never, I'm like, what? I don't know that. Yeah. It's like, you're trying to control 100%. this perception that people think that yeah. you're smart and you've got it together. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I just replay, you know, and I, w- I did that with, I did that with, you know, Facebook. And I actually was really worried because I have a major sense of FOMO and I am 100% missing out on information, not being on Facebook. Like there's stuff. I mean, the only information that goes out about our neighborhood is on the neighborhood Facebook page. 
And so yeah. like there's things happening all the time. Like really, like there's been some bad stuff that's happened to our neighborhood, some funny stuff that's happened in our neighborhood. People are selling things, houses are for sale, all that kind of stuff. And it's all put on Facebook and I haven't seen any of that. And so, you know, neighbors will be talking together and they'll be talking about something. And I have no idea what they're talking about. And for the first time in my life, I haven't really cared. Uh, Good. And, you know, ignorance is bliss. Um, and, you know, also, I, I know David's technically kind of on it. And if it was something really important, I would hear about it. Like if it was like an emergency situation or whatever, or things that I, we needed to do. Um, but anyways, I, like that that has definitely been, that has helped my mental health with Facebook. Of, there are things, I mean, the kids have, um, like there's a second grade mom's group on Facebook and a fifth grade mom's group on Facebook. I'm not on it. Like, I'm just, I don't know what's going on. Um, the school sends stuff by email. So it's, mm-hmm. if I need to know something from the school or from the teachers, they don't do it on Facebook. Um, that's just like a community. And I'm not a part of that community. Yeah, and that sucks. Same with it. And, it, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm left out, but it's fine. Um, uh, but it's not worth it to me. To, so to I think it, like, so. I think too, like you mentioned Eve, like it really, yeah. it, if you look at it, if you take it all the way back, it just comes back to our pride. It's our pride manifesting in these different ways. And so I think if someone like doesn't know what they should give up for Lent, maybe a good question is like, what do you take like a a deep sense of pride in, you know? And it could be like, it could be something weird. Like some people get really into taking great pictures of their kids and posting them on Instagram. And they'll have those moments where they're like, am I like manufacturing something? Or is this like, you know, it's like that can kind of be a tricky area for some people like taking a pride in your kids that maybe is just a little too far or like, you know, and it's not that it's bad. It's just that like, sometimes we take, like I have taken pride in my wardrobe too far. You have taken pride in knowing what you, in being smart and up to date on information too far. Like, so it's like, what do you think some other ways, like if people don't really know, like what are some other like sneaky prides that people could be looking for? I mean, I think, I think pride in, um, your appearance or like working out and, um, oh, yeah, dieting like and that kind of stuff. And, yeah. Yes. Dieting and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think you can take pride in that. I think you can, um, yeah, I think there's lots of things you, I'm trying to think of another example. You know what else I think you can take pride in right now that I've noticed a lot. That's like kind of yucky. I I've been calling it. What is my little like catchphrase? I've, I've been calling it the, the tyranny of empathy. Like, I think a lot of yeah. people are like, really up their own you know what about how kind and progressive they are Um, and I think that's something we just need to be careful of because yeah the kind of virtue signaling stuff yeah virtue signaling stuff like I just think that can get messy and I think that like yes you know we're not any we're not better than the people who are the opposite of whatever it is that we're doing you know and I think it's really easy to be like well I'm a good like the whole like being a good person thing I think has been really really it's like and of course that's so like anything happens with some kind of social justice the you know the the human tendency is to be like not me not me look what I do and that and that's whatever like we all do that but but I think we just have to be careful there because I think the more you think you're a good person the more blind you are and the and the whole point is not to to be good the whole point is to be repentant right yes like that's Mm -hmm. the point yes and so I just I think if that I think that's something. I mean, I don't know how you give that up for Lent, but that's just something no. I I, I think it. I think it's you know part of Lent is getting the log out of our own eyes 
you know, yeah, like in, instead sure. of seeing, instead of seeing the dust in other people's eyes, right. Where yeah. like the goal of Lent is to get the logs out of our own eyes so we can see more clearly. Um, yeah. And so what is, what is the log in your eye right now? You know? And so, yeah. um, I think that's good. Um, you know, there's other, and there's other, you know, loves that are your people are, probably, I mean, and there's all myriads of addictions. So um, for sure. But so anyways, so I'm definitely like my practical resources that I'll post is definitely that um, wisdom pyramid article. Um, and then in case anybody like, like you were saying about um, the shopping fast, like in case anybody's like me and information is their nemesis um, or over information is their nemesis, then I'll post that. Um, I'm also going to do um Erin Moon's um, friend of the show. Um, I'll, I'll in the show notes. I'll post her Lent, um, her Lent episode yeah. with us last year um, because it was a good primer on Lent. It was and why we do Lent, why we do Lent as a um, as a um, spiritual practice and why it's a part of the church calendar. So I'll post that. But she she puts out a Lent devotional every year, and so I purchased mm-hmm. that, and so I'll be doing that. Um, as my kind of devotional. What, do you have anything you're planning on doing besides that shopping? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, I really wanted to do her um, Lent devotional, but I think just for the sake of like not stretching myself too thin, like I, yes. I, I don't have a lot of bandwidth right yes. now. So I think I'm just going to yes. be doing the shopping fast. Well, yeah, that's more like a guide. Like my other, my, the wisdom care article is just to like stir your thoughts, but like yeah. the, I'm going to do her um, devotional um, as my devotional. And it sounds like you have you have the guide for you from um, Lisa Whittle, which is awesome. Um, so we will post all of these links if anybody wants to um, see our resources and wants to join us um, on these these journeys this Lent. Um, I do, I'm in the middle of rewatching all of Shit's Creek, and so I just every time I say journey, I think of I think of Alexis. I love that says, journey, I love that for, journey you. for me, or I love that journey for me. Like <laughs> I love her. Gosh, that was my. I also missed Dan Levy on SNL recently. I I didn't realize it was that Saturday, and now I have to find it on Peacock and watch it because I just. Are you on? I Hulu? love him. Do you have Hulu? Do you have Hulu? Um, I have my friends log in. Okay, well, all the it's SNL on Hulu? episodes are on. Hulu. Oh, okay, cool. Hey yeah. Ashley, pay the extra three dollars a month so I don't have to watch commercials, please. If you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> little plug. PSA. Um, <laughs> but um, so yeah, I was thinking like kind of to get into something more practical. Like we're I'm trying to bring you a recipe, but intentionally I'm not with uh, this episode because I think so we can just forget what food tastes like and we think about what it tastes like in context of what we're eating. But we just forget, you know, and it's like, if you look at any, and I mean, the best example I can think of right now is like oatmeal, right? Like, because oatmeal is one of those things that's super bland, and then everyone adds a ton of stuff to it. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to really, if you need a practice for this of simplifying your life, this is just a really easy way to do it because um, I'm going to get to the oatmeal thing in a minute. But simplifying your food is a good spiritual practice because Mm -hmm. I mean, there are endless references to eating and food in the Bible, but really, Oh, I just, I know I don't mean to like derail you, but like we talked about the mind, body, I mean, mind, spirit, 
um, soul, soul, heart, yeah, emotions, all that stuff. We didn't talk about the body, and this is a great segue into yeah. that because our, we have to declutter our bodies as well. Like that's a part Absolutely. of decluttering. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and I'm not talking about like an actual fast here, which like some people choose to do that. Um, and that's what great. I'm they can about, fast whatever foods. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's definitely like you know up to you and your thing. But what I'm saying is like, even if this, I don't consider this to be a fast, like, but I just, I try to simplify. So like, I'll try and you don't have to be weird about it. Like if I go to Chick-fil-A, I'll be like, I'm going to get nuggets without sauce, you know, just, or like, I'll try to get like, I don't know, like maybe I will just eat oatmeal with like, I mean, I'm never going to not put salt and stuff because that would just be gross. But like, I'll eat oatmeal with like just salt or like maybe just a little thing of, uh, brown sugar or like, just trying to, and not just to remember, like we just add so much to everything that is unnecessary. And then we don't appreciate it, you know? And I think back to people, you know, even a few hundred years ago where like sugar was expensive and rare and they like had it in a special place in the top of their cabinet. And like, you were not allowed to touch it. Like, it was just like a whole thing. And it's like, now mm-hmm. we just have everything at our disposal all the time. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really something. And it's like, we don't even like a hamburger is not enough. It has to have bacon and cheese and like a chipotle mayo. And those things are delicious, but it's like every, every couple months, I just get to a weird place spiritually. Where like I have to just eat something plain to remember what it's mm. like and to appreciate it. Because I think the no, more, that's good. Yeah. Like the more we adorn things and like, and I, and I do this with myself with makeup, like I'll be yeah. like, I need a week where I don't wear makeup because I forget what I look like without makeup on. And I don't want to be that old woman with like the crazy spider eyelashes because she doesn't remember that her face doesn't look like that, you know, or like, and she just keeps putting on more and more and more. And it's like, I just, I think we tend to do this in all areas, right? Like, or we'll like get really complicated with our clothes or like even stuff like kids lunches and we think it has to be extra and amazing. And I mean, not now because school, but like just, there's just so many areas where we're like, just yeah. have a peanut butter sandwich or yeah. like just have plain potato chips. Do you need them to have like vinegar powder on them or can you have pl- like, yes, and yes, it, I do. <laughs> but so that's what I'm just kind of like, and I'm not saying eat food with no flavor, but I'm just saying like, if you feel just be intentional. It, it can, yeah. It can be yeah. a spiritual practice to just sort of like simplify the foods you eat and appreciate them. Like if you always put like cheese and hot sauce on your eggs, like try plain eggs. And if you hate plain eggs, that's, you know, whatever, but like just trying to simplify and eat more simple food, um, can be a real, yeah, it's a good word that can, that can really help in a practical way that doesn't require a whole lot out of you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So my recipe this month is um, eat something plain. Eat like plain broccoli with like some salt on it. Or, or eat toast with just a little bit of butter. Yeah, like something like that. Just like, yeah. And really like be one with the toast. And I'm dead serious. <laughs> I love that. I love, well, it's like, it's like you know, I, I'm a purist when it comes to steak. Um, mm. And I don't put anything on my steak. Like, yeah, same. What and when I and when I cook it, I don't put much on it. I put a little bit mm-hmm. of salt and pepper. That's it. Like I don't put I don't yeah. marinate my steak. I don't um, because I want to taste the steak. And so yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong to put a one or whatever on your steak. Do whatever you want. But like that's where I want no, to say what wrong. you did. 
Yeah. Yarn, please don't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, because I want to taste like if you buy good meat, like obviously you have to marinate a flank steak or something like that. But it like, if you buy like a good cut of meat, like taste the meat, like, you know, yeah. like it's, you know, and I think, uh, so that's a really good word. I like that. We have to be really it. wary. I think in our culture, like you and I were talking about this with a different subject, but just like it, you know, it's a whole other beast to manage excess. Like yeah. so many people have to manage in the world, not having enough, but as American, like, I mean, you know, you and I are both like, well, I don't know. We, we're both like white ladies who don't have a ton of struggle, like financially yeah. or otherwise, like, you know, it's like things are yeah. fairly easy for us. And it becomes a question of managing, I don't know, like it, it's a tough spot, I think, to be in 2021 with everything being thrown at you, everything being extra, excess being everywhere and rewarded and desired, like it is a whole other spiritual beast. And I just want to like remind people yeah. of that. Like it, it it's a pro like even though it can feel like, oh well you shouldn't complain about having more than you need. Like and I'm not complaining, but I'm saying like mm-hmm. it it requires a lot of management as well. And it does. And I life agree. can help with that. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well this has been fun. Yay, Lens. We'll be, we'll be, maybe we'll do some, you know, since we only do once a month on here, maybe we'll do some little check-ins on social media about how it's going yeah. for us. Yeah. And we'll do a check-in <laughs> Patreon episode too. For sure. Um, just yeah. to kind of <laughs> check in and see how you're Let doing. Let you know how it's going in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you best believe I filled up all my shopping carts already and purchased things. <laughs> That's how this works, right? You just buy everything ahead of time. I'm just kidding. I bought like two things. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna binge all of the cable. I'm gonna watch like 48 hours of CNN. Oh, we talk about bad mental health, man. Uh. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Okay. We're doing okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. We're we'll good. talk to you guys later. We'll Love see you, you guys in March. See you next Love you. Time. Bye. Okay. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.